Hiya, I'm Alex Johnson and welcome to the Yellow Rugby Podcast, your home of golf rugby. I've teamed up with Big Nev, who runs Bench Warmers and Rugby Smacks, to provide a weekly podcast that looks at all of the rugby taking place here in the UAE. I'd first like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor of the show, rhinomina.com. Rhino is a multi-sport brand developing team wear, leisure wear, training and match day equipment to more than 60 sports here in the Middle East. Also, please like, share and subscribe to us. You can find us on most of the social media channels out there by typing in Yellow Rugby. Right, Nev, who have we got on the show this week? Shanley Williams. Shanley, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Neville? I'm not too bad. Um, thanks for coming on the Yellow Rugby pod. Anyway, first off, but um, I suppose I kind of took my time getting you on, but like I want to talk about the, the West Asia final. I see you lost, uh, I saw your post on Instagram. You lost 23 17 to Bahrain in Bahrain, and you were out half that day, I believe. Tell me about the game. I suppose it was a huge disappointment to lose it. Yeah, um, I guess uh, it, it was disappointing, um, first of all, but I guess uh, in sports, there has to be a winner. Uh, you know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty well-fought game. Both sides played some some good rugby. It was, it was a proper final, just back and forth, back and forth. But I, I must say it was disappointing uh, for us going there a couple of weeks prior and beating them in Bahrain. So going back with our tails up and not getting, not pulling through in the final was a bit disappointing, not coming home with a cup. But at the end of the day, that's rugby, eh? that's sports. No, definitely. Look, we'll we'll come back to that. But I suppose, of course, I don't have access to your Wikipedia page, no, Chanley. But um, tell me, like, how many years you living in the UAE? Tell me a bit about your background story. Um. So, well, basically, um, I moved to the UAE last year, July. Yeah, so we we going me and my family are going on for almost a year now. July will be a year, a year first of July. A little bit of a background. Um, so yeah, um, I went to a high school called Florida War School in Johannesburg, which is one of the top rugby schools yeah. in South Africa. Um, yeah, after school I signed a contract with uh, Cheetahs as a junior player, mm-hmm. which is the Free State Cheetahs. I went to study at at UOFs. I played a bit of uh, varsity rugby for them. Then, you know, as a young man going away from home, I was a bit naughty, not attending classes and stuff. <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah. I went back the following season to play under 21 for the Lions, which is my home um, union. Um, I wasn't very happy with how the processes and stuff worked. Then I went to New Zealand for a while. Yeah, I was at the uh, I was at the Murray Maxter Academy and I was linked to North Harbour for a little bit. Yeah, um, came came back to South Africa 2008, 2008, end of 2008, and then I went to the Bulls for a short stint. At at that point, my only focus was rugby. Um, played Varsity Cup for TUT. I was in the Bulls setup. I was I was on my way. I was on my way there. My plan was working. How, how with me and my dad have planned it. Got injured to MCL just before the season started in the warm-up games. Had a long recovery. Um, lost my contract at the Bulls. 
And then from there on, I've been trying to make it back, played smaller unions for the Falcons, made, tried to make a comeback at the Lions. Never worked out. And then I stopped playing for a while. For almost two to three years, I stopped playing. But you know, when you're still a bit young and you still got fire, I've just decided, you know what? I'm going to get fit. I'm going to come to the UAE, use my rugby as a platform, start working as I've got two daughters now, one seven, one five. So yeah, I'm I'm back in the game. I'm happy. I've been fit the whole season. Yeah, I've actually been playing pretty good rugby. All right. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of that's a bit of my background. Yeah, no, that that's like I've I've heard of that school. I think I I saw it up on clips on Instagram or wherever. It's a fairly iconic school. So I suppose the obvious question to ask you is, who's the best players you played with or against? You surely played against some big names, did you? Yeah, so um, I guess uh, one of my favorite players is not my position, though. But one of the best players that I played with, and I highly rate him, is Osterant. Yeah. At my, at my time when I I went to the Cheetahs, um, Kabamba Fluors. I don't know if you remember Kabamba Fluors, blonde-headed, uh, small flanked. I know Osterant. Osterant was the tight head prop, wasn't he? Yeah, tight tight head prop. Yes. Um, and then obviously like Robert Everson, uh, Lionel Mapu. Um, Lionel Mapu is still uh, one of my friends back in South Africa. So, yeah, and then obviously uh, the guys that that was at the Bulls, like uh, the guys that I was under, were Morney Stain, Brianna Bana. Those are the those are the guys that I looked up to when I came through the system. Okay. Yeah. And what 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 you work at over here now, Chanley? Or are you one of these uh, professional players over here? Are you? No, 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 no. Um, I don't think um, as yet, I don't think the rugby is at, uh, is at the point no. as yet where you can just play rugby. Um, yeah. I work for I work for a company called Now Money. Um, they are a fintech uh, company, which is a financial inclusion for the un, that provides banking management services for the unbanked um, blue collar, so, so-called blue collar workers in the UAE. Okay. How, did you apply for the Tigers or how did you get involved with the Tigers? Because... I, just for any for anyone listening, that rugby is such a great thing that you can get involved, you can meet new friends, and like I suppose you probably used your rugby to your advantage that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was basically first before I came to Dubai, I made contact with the Exiles. I was linked with the Exiles because of Jack Bernardi. Um, I came to Dubai in March, the year before we moved, to meet up with him. Um, when I came to Dubai. He had family uh, situation back in South Africa, so he couldn't meet me. So I was kind of a bit of uh, stranded at the point when I came to Dubai, it cost a lot of money and so on. But then while I was here, I made a few contacts. I made contact with the Dubai Tigers. I met up with them, even though the season uh, has, uh, was, was at the end, I think. It was the end of the season, March time. I met up with a few, a few of the guys and they, put me in contact with Junior, which is Shane. Um, and then from there, we started communicating. I sent him through my CV. Um, they were very, I must say, the Tigers, I'm, I, I'll, for my time in Dubai, I, the Tigers have been very loyal to me. So once I sent my, once I sent my CV, they, they tried their best to help me get a job. They said I should come down for training. Yeah. What do you think of the standard of rugby over here compared to at home? 
I must say it's, uh, it's my first uh, my first season yeah I must say like the the premiership rugby is is quite physical and and I think the reason therefore is because there's a lot of expert boys out here especially like the Fijian boys and the the Tongan boys that's come to the Tigers as well and um don't put a, we can, you can't forget about the European boys like you know those guys get bred in the UK and they play physical rugby yeah I must say it, it's not as um quick and as structured as as the rugby back home yeah I, I definitely feel that the level of rugby is, is quite high I think we can like the clubs the Premier League uh, Premiership clubs yeah can compete with a lot of clubs around the world yeah no definitely yeah. and I suppose what's the plan now do you, are you do you think you'll stay on here for another year or two because I suppose now that you lost the final I suppose obviously the aim is to try and go on and win it next year surely yeah look um when we moved here uh, my plan was I, of course I don't know if you know how the things the dynamics are currently in SA yeah like yeah, like uh, the economic state of the country and it's just it's just not a a perfect environment to raise two girls so I moved to the UAE I brought my family over here to uh, make a life if I could call it that yeah. you know um there is a few difficulties with becoming uh, residents and stuff like that but it's yeah. something that you have to to work around so like now after the season I've taken a, taken a week off I've I've started this week again um I've started training again preparing for for next year yeah. I just feel like um I they didn't I haven't or they haven't seen the best of me yet I still have I still have a, a season or two that I can give to them and I think I can I can up a level of what I can bring to the club as well yeah what um there's a, there's a lot of South Africans over here well I, I'm Irish so like there's a lot of Irish here too but the South Africans have a they like coming to they like coming to Dubai it seems you know yeah I guess I guess um Dubai is one of the places where a job opportunities are in abundance um and currently in South Africa there's we don't have any of that you know yeah. so they come here and they see if they can make a better life for themselves and if they have a, a rugby background the rugby the rugby scene out here is it's not bad at all so it gives you that kind of a, a rejuvenated fire to do well yeah and then because I'm the type of person that like I like the setup and stuff so I want to I want to see the UAE rugby grow into kind of a professional setup in the next couple of years you understand what I'm saying yeah yeah no. because like they've got systems in place to do become that you know so why not yeah but like I suppose like actually we've a lot of common here Chenley because I'm here one year also and I play with the Sharks in division one and um what the the gripe I have I suppose not that like I don't know who gets paid or what gets paid but I think, I think what I think a rising tide rises all ships. You know, I think there's no point Bahrain up here paying players and then the rest trying to catch up. Like you know, I think if we're going to come to the top, I think we all need to come together. I don't know, like because that's what I've seen for the first year. I just like to. What's your opinion, like, of your first year? Like, what do you think? I, I do think we can get there eventually. I do think there can be a professional game. But what improvements would you like to see being made to rugby in the UAE? Look, I, I've been, I've done some research and stuff like that uh, regarding the, the rugby in the UAE. And 
if if I'm speaking under correction, yeah, like in the UK, you've got your top clubs, you know, like your Leicester Tigers, your Saracens, but then they've also got Saracens divisions lower, like the club has uh, lower divisions, you understand? And those players that's in the lower divisions, those guys are not in the professional setup yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in the lower division, allow the younger boys or the younger kids that's coming into the system to train and play and try and make it to the premier division. And then once you, you're good enough to play premier division, then come in and say, okay, we'll give you a year or two contract. This is what we'll pay you for the next two years. You fully play rugby. We, we give you training facilities. We give you gym facilities. We give you whatever, like a professional setup. It doesn't have to be the whole club needs to be professional, but at least the, the guys that still wants to, to become big in the sport, give them the opportunity or groom them from a young age to become a professional, you understand? Because, I mean, if, you, if rugby is your love, then, and you know that it's not a professional window for you, when you get to a certain age, you're going to say, ah, you know what, I'm going to stop playing rugby. And that's how you lose a lot of talent. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree with you. And like, do you have a question that I like? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. But do you have a question is that I, I do think they're trying to do that. Like, I think Apollo has his academy and there's there's a mini blacks, isn't there, down in Abu Dhabi. But like, I suppose one gripe that I have living here now in Dubai a year uh, for the year, there's not enough football pitches or rugby pitches around the place. You know, we don't have enough facilities. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, do like what more do you think, like, the UAE Federation or the government, what would you like to see them to implement to help help grow the game here? Yeah, of course. Um, like it 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 would be it would be amazing if the government can step in and say, you know what, um, this is the budget that we we're putting aside to yeah. for all the all the clubs in the UAE yeah. that's in progress over the last couple of years. Here's a facility for you guys. We like like how they do it in, in, in other countries that speak on rugby. This is a budget we give you for the year to run your facilities, take care of your pitch, employ people, you know, um, and have a certain amount of players that you can contract. Then it would be like rugby world would blow up because then you'll get you'll then get people from all over the world, coaches, players wanting to come to the UAE because it's fresh. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the more new faces and 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 um, I won't say foreigners, but uh, players from all around the world come in and bringing the expertise. Before you know, the UAE can become a a tier two, tier one um, country that can start playing qualifiers for World Cup. No, definitely. Like I think, I think you make a good point because like Dubai is such a hub, you know, for a lot, a lot of countries. A lot of people come here. And there's no reason it couldn't turn into a hope for rugby. Like, I don't know, were you at the, the World Cup qualifying games out of the sevens, like, uh, last winter with Portugal, Kenya, was it? And I can't remember who else, or Hong Kong. Like, that was a great success, you know? It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched a few of the games, like the the Portugal-Kenya um, game. Um, I think USA was also here, I yeah. think. I yeah. didn't watch all the games, but yeah. It, like, I mean, it's, it was good. Yeah. What, uh, do you have a question I'll ask you is because you, you strike me as a sevens player, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm a prop for the Sharks. Like, uh, so obviously the, the break in the season doesn't affect you. Like, I presume you play sevens, but like, as a prop, I, I, I don't like that break at all. I think that needs to be sorted, you know, but like, 
what do you think of that? Do you think do you think we could fix the season a bit more? That like there's not a a big two month layoff for the sevens. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area when it comes to the two month layoff because of the sevens, but um, the fact that the clubs don't have enough players that plays or I won't say that plays at the premiership level, but enough of good enough players that where you can say I've got a sevens team that can play while the sevens, those two months where the sevens is on, but we still have enough good enough players to keep us going while the premiership is in. Because I must say the premiership is is, is very short for me because where I come from, our clubs, we play 14 games and then we play playoffs. You get what I'm saying? So you're playing every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And you stay, you're staying fit. But once you go to sevens and you're 50, you, you, sevens is nice, you know, like it's not as physical. You get a bit of uh, more fitness in. But when you come back to 15s, you lose the momentum that you had while the, the premiership was on. So, yeah, it, I, I, I don't like the big break. Yeah. Not at all. It yeah. changes your mindset, the, 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 the way you play. No, I, I don't think many people do, to be honest. Like, but again, I, I agree with you. I think you make a very good point that the Premiership is too short. There's not enough teams. But I think that comes back to the, the fundamental point that I think like the Premiership teams are pulling more and more away from the first vision, you know, because like, why, why, why were you playing that day? I remember out, out in, down in LA, the first division final was on and then the Premiership final was on. And like, yeah. we, we, we were we were in the first division final and then we stayed on and had a beer and watched, was it Tigers versus Exiles in the Premiership? Exiles, yes, yes, yes. There, was, there was a big golfing class between two finals there, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah what, what's your opinion on that like? No, definitely. I'm gonna. Uh, to be honest with you, like um, the the gap between uh, Division One and Premiership is is a big, big. It's a big difference, especially when there's in. You see it when you, there's injuries in the Premier Division teams or the 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 teams that has Premier Division teams and Div One. When you pull players up from Div One to fill in spots where there's injuries, you can see the difference of. of and I think the gap is way too far. Because yeah. your division one, your division one team should be a feeding team for your premiership team. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're playing, if you if you feel like you need to rest a certain amount of players for this week, you must be able to draw a certain amount of players from your Div one team to follow those spots. It it must they must almost be at the same level. Yeah. It must just be a like a type of a preference choice. Yeah. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, the gap shouldn't be that big. No, definitely. And I think that's a I think that's a headache for Apollo and whoever to to try and close that gap. Or because I, I I'd love to see more teams in the Premiership, you know. But uh, I speaking to Apollo, he wants he wants teams to come up. But like the likes of the Sharks, now we were asked to come up, and Hurricanes were asked to come up. But we're not going to come up if we're going to get hammered. Like you know, where's the enjoyment in that? Like you know. But yeah. to to move on, uh, Chanley is that um. Final few questions, I suppose. Is that I started about asking you about the West Asia final. Uh, we'll, I'll, fi- I'll finish with that as well. Tell me more about that game. You said it was the full time was 23-17 in Bahrain. Was that an unbelievable experience to play in that and one that you probably let go, you said? Yeah, um, look, the experience, uh, the, the Bahrain Stadium is a, is, is, is a, is a very good uh, ground to play at, yeah. especially for the crowd being so close to the, to the pitch itself. Um, the Bahrain team is 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 full of of lads that is quality f- of footballers. 
especially the the boys that comes from New Zealand, like the scrum half, the number 10, Jamie King, is, is a very good player. They've got a good captain, the eighth man from, I think he's from the UK. Um, yeah. I can't get to his name now, but he's, a, he's also an exceptional player. I mean, like, play, like if, you, if you take players like that, those are players that can play in any premiership league in the world, you know? And I feel like the level of rugby that we played in the UA in the West Asia final is was a very high level of rugby. And I and I wish that um in years to come that there could be a tournament in the GCC where all the GCC countries could be can be so competitive with each other. And there must be a GCC tournament, like 15-man tournament. Yeah. No, I definitely it's a... Did you have a night out in Barry Ann afterwards? It's a it's a good it's a good spot to go out, isn't it? The rugby club is good. Cool. Yeah, the, the spot is the spot is good. We we actually didn't stay over after the final. Um our flight was um we we just finished the game and then we had the ceremony and then we left straight from the field to the airport. So yeah, we didn't stay over for a couple of pints or anything like that. But the previous game we stayed over at the club. Okay. And the people there are amazing. The club is amazing. The body, like the clubhouse is the setup is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I was there myself. It's to even the Gaelic football team, they use it and it's real the centerpiece of Barry. And but um yeah. I suppose moving on then, uh uh Chanley, is that you're South African, I'm Irish, there's a World Cup coming up, Ireland are playing South African the pool match, <laughs> like I think a lot of bears are under it because I actually I met you originally. I met you I met you in the back of McGilligan's. We were watching, I think it was South Africa, Australia in the rugby championship. And a lot of bears, I think, are underestimating how big the World Cup was going to be and how many Irish are here, how many South Africans are here. Like just tell us, yeah, what <laughs> what are your hopes for South African the World Cup, I suppose? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. Um I am South African, I'm born and bred. But I'm not really a Springbok supporter. Right. Um, yeah, I've been a Kiwi supporter since since a very young young age, and they'll never I'll never change my mind when it comes to the All Blacks. Okay. Yeah, but I do follow South African rugby. I just think that since 2019, I don't think the box has the the firing power that they had in 2019. Um, I don't think they're gonna defend the World Cup. Yeah, I think Ireland is gonna beat them. Irish are on a good eye at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Just just speaking from a rugby perspective, um, like they're one of my favorites. The Irish, I want them to do well because yeah, I've I've never seen them go to a final. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, and and I think and I think this and I think this one, I think they have a, a very good chance to go yeah. to the final if they if they can stick to their guns. Yeah, it's just I think I think you know what's annoying though I think I think the Southern Hemisphere teams have a bit of an advantage because Ireland and England and France we will play friendlies in July August to warm up whereas you've the rugby championship and like there, yeah, there's yeah. nothing beats competitive rugby before a big tournament would you agree? Yeah no I do I com- I completely agree um, I do I do feel though that the Six Nations takes a lot out of of the Northern Hemisphere countries. Hence, they don't play uh, competitive rugby before the World Cup. So it's it's either the Northern Northern Hemisphere is going to put the Six Nations later in the year, 
when yeah. it comes to rugby world cup so that they can be in competitive state of mind oh, definitely or or they're gonna I, I don't know i don't know how they're gonna do it but it, it it does give an advantage if you play more competitive rugby before the world cup because yeah. then you go into the world cup with a competitive mindset I, I think we need. I think a lot of people. I listen to rugby podcasts, and I think like that. We need. We need a universal season, you know, where and the rugby championship on the Six Nations on. But anyway, so fi- finally, Chanley as well. Who's going to win it? Who's going to come? Who's going to get to the final? And who's going to come third? So first, second, and third for the World Cup. Who's going? Who's going to be? Okay, so obviously I'm going to say the All Blacks is going to win it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. If we don't, if we don't meet Ireland um, before the final, I think it will be Ireland in the final with New Zealand. Yeah, I think uh, third will be France. Okay, and then uh, the other thing I'd like to ask you as well, quickly, Chanley, is that so? Where do you see yourself in five or ten years' time? Like, do you think? Do you, I suppose you got another year or two left playing the game. You said, but would you like to be still in Dubai personally, and would you like to get involved in coaching when you finally hang up the boots? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I do see myself in Dubai in the next uh, five to ten years. Um, on a build a life here. Um, as far as rugby goes, um, I'd like to get into coaching to give back. Um, I'd like to. I, I I'll never go away from the game for as long as I can. So I'll get into coaching, um, give my expertise where I can. Yeah, and I'd like to, I, I'd like to uplift the game in the UAE as well. No, I'd like to become part. I'd like to become part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's good to know. Like, because I think we need people like yourself to. That's the only way the game is going to push on here. Then I suppose finally I do this with all my guests in uh, Chenley or all the guests on the Yellow Ruby Pod is uh, quick fire questions. Okay, so what's your favorite food? Pasta. Favorite golf course? Um, Glendower in South Africa. How often do you do your dirty laundry? Oh, never. <laughs> My... <laughs> uh, win the World Cup or win the Masters? Oh, win the Masters. Yeah. Favorite holiday? Um, I think Christmas. Uh, who would play you in a movie? I think Dwayne Johnson. All right. Uh, <laughs> leg day or chest day? Uh, leg day for sure. Favorite thing to do on your day off? Spend time with my daughters. Uh, favorite film? Um, Tears of the Sun. Uh, craziest thing you've ever done? The craziest thing I've ever done. I'm not a crazy person though, so I don't have any crazy things. But I think um, I woke up. I went to a like a, a festival in Pochostrum back in South Africa. Yeah. I had, to, I had to many to drink. I woke up the next day in front of a church. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, right. That's that's happened to us all, yeah. Um, and finally, finally, Chanley, uh, Westlife or Boys On? Ah, oh, Westlife. There we go. No bother. Chanley Williams, thanks a million. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me on the pod. Thanks to our guests this week. We'll be back again soon with another special guest. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and please like and share the show. See you later.